Do you have a big dream that keeps you up at night, like so big that it totally scares you? You wonder, can I even do this? Is it even possible? Or where do I even start? Anytime you think about this big dream you have, you instantly start to feel nervous. Maybe your ears feel hot because you're both totally excited and terrified at the same time. If any of this sounds familiar, whether that big dream looks like a career change, a move across the country, leaving your job and becoming a stay-at-home mom, growing a million-dollar business, spending a month traveling Europe, dreams do come in all shapes and sizes, remember? If this sounds familiar, then you are going to love today's episode of It's About Time. Hey, friends, and welcome to episode 190 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick, and today's guest is proof of what's possible when you have a big dream. Victoria Armstrong literally had a dream about founding a women's conference. And while I don't want to give too many spoilers, let's just say that she knows a thing or two about making dreams come true, and that it usually requires a little bit more than just wishing on a star and hoping for the best. So let me introduce you to my friend, Victoria Armstrong. Victoria Armstrong is co-owner of the award-winning film company, Fourth Floor Creative Agency, and founder of Curate for Women Who Work. She has an extensive background in marketing, communications, and film production. Victoria uses film to highlight women as they explore their professional journeys and how that intersects with their passions. She often writes and speaks about women leading with emotional intelligence and self-awareness. When she's not celebrating women in the workforce, she's enjoying life as a mother to three beautiful children and wife to her business partner and friend of over 20 years. In today's conversation with Victoria, you'll hear about her journey of creating her women's media and empowerment brand, Curate for Women, from scratch. We talk about conquering the chaos of following a dream and the unexpected challenges along the way. You'll hear about the power of vulnerability and authenticity in a community. And of course, sprinkled throughout, you'll find tips to kick fear and self-doubt in the you-know-where. During our conversation, you'll hear us mention Victoria's second annual Curate Conference happening in Baton Rouge, Louisiana on October 8th, 2023. This year's exciting full-day conference is dedicated to diversity, equity, and inclusion to create a shared future marked by equality and inclusive opportunities. If you're near Baton Rouge and want to join us, head over to the show notes for this episode where I've included a link to learn more about the 2023 Curate Conference and so you can grab your ticket. As usual, you can find all the details for this episode over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 190. And by the way, thank you so much to everyone who reached out and let me know about the weird silence in episode 189. We fixed it and everything should be back to normal. Thank you again. And with that, it's about time we get started. So let's get this show on the road. 
You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Hey, Victoria, welcome to It's About Time. I am so excited to chat with you today. How are you doing? I am doing good. Hi, Anna. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm always just so excited to hang out with you and spend time with you. Um, so it t- it actually took us a minute to hit record because we're just like catching up and chit-chatting <laughs> um, and talking about getting together in the future. So I'm really excited that we are recording this episode together so yeah. we can tell your story and share how you do life. So, but first we got to know what life looks like. Give me, give me the rundown of how you spend your time these days. How do I spend my time? My mornings are mostly spent with my children. So when I wake up, well, it's funny because before I open my eyes, I do pray. I think I told you that the last time we were talking, I pray with my eyes closed and I wake up and I say a more intentional prayer. By that time, my children are in my room. They are looking for me, or at least Rossi is. Um, I get them ready for school and daycare, get myself ready, and I drop them off. That's about like an hour commute, an hour plus. Um, And then I go straight to work. And sometimes that is a shoot where we are filming a client. Sometimes it is me in the office working on fourth floor stuff or curate stuff. Um, But that is my typical day-to-day if we are in Baton Rouge. (laughs) If you are in Baton Rouge because you've been jet-setting all over the place lately. We have literally been all over the place. Mostly Ross. My husband has traveled a lot. Um, But recently I have been with him in... I want to say it's crazy because I don't even remember the first place we went. It was probably, I think the first place we went was Newark, Mm -hmm. New Jersey. Um, We did drive over to New York to get some pizza. Nice. You must. (laughs) We left there. We went to Atlanta. That was like highlight of my summer probably. Um, And then we left there and we came to St. Louis and I got home at one o'clock this morning. Wow. Bebopping all over the place, like a ball in a pinball machine. All over the place. So you're traveling and you've mentioned, you know, I've already shared your official bio uh, in our intro that I read before we started recording, but tell me a little bit about what you've got going on in terms of business. Like what is causing all of this travel? What, tell me, tell me about the multiple businesses that you have your hands in. Okay, so Fourth Floor is the company that I jointly own with my husband. He founded this company about five years ago. It is a film agency. Um, And Fourth Floor has us traveling all over the place. We have a few different clients, literally, that spans from the East Coast to the West Coast. It has been amazing. And then Curate is the platform that we built about two years ago where we use film to highlight women mm-hmm. who work, not just entrepreneur women, not just women in leadership, but women who work. Mm-hmm. 
um, and we tell their stories and we humanize them and we humanize their experience and we just make it more palatable, not just for, you know, their audience, but people who don't even know them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is literally what have us like super busy right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. All over the place. So telling stories for your fourth floor clients. Yeah. And fourth floor, that is such an interesting name. Tell me, give me some background on that. So Ross started off, we should have, we should have had his chair like right here. (laughs) So Ross started off um, producing music. He's an audio engineer and he would take these creative writing sessions in these different hotels and different cities. And, you know, everywhere he would go, they would put him on the fourth floor. And so my last apartment before- Just randomly coincidence, fourth floor, every time, fourth floor. Fourth floor, every time. And then my last apartment that I lived in before we got married was on the fourth floor. So when they gave me my keys and they told me my apartment number, they said, you're going to be on the fourth floor. And then when we got on the elevator, it dinged and the lady said, fourth floor. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, and it, I think from there for him, it's it it kind of stuck with him. And that's where they built fourth floor. Fourth floor used to have two O's. So if you're familiar with fourth floor, you know that it is fourth floor with no O's or no vowels. Yeah, it's just four T H F L R. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I think, you know, the shortened the shortened version of that, it just it just looks so cool. It's fun. It looks cool. Yeah. Okay, so we've got fourth floor that's taken over with film production all over the country with your clients. Mm-hmm. And then you've got curate mm-hmm. um, and you're a mom and you are also very involved in the community. I feel like you are always, you always have something going on. I definitely yeah. want to dive into curate a bit more and what that is and how that takes your time. But first I got to know how exactly are you, are you ma- managing all of this and the travel with your kiddos at home. Um, what does that look like for you? So it's funny because, you know, a lot of people are like, well, how do you balance it? And I think that balance is a myth. Mm-hmm. I don't fully believe that that exists. Like at some point you're going to be doing well in one area and something else is going to fall by the wayside or not necessarily fall, but it won't be prioritized like everything else. So one thing that I try to really manage is my marriage and my children. I think that they are the most important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just always make sure that they're good. As far as curate is concerned and like community efforts, you know, you make time for what you want to make time for. Um, and obviously some things make it and some things don't. Curate is not an option for me. It was, it literally, the idea of Curate as a conference came to me in a dream. And I woke up in the middle of the night, wrote it down on a tablet, was like stalking my husband, like wake up so I can tell you about this idea that I just had. Um, And then it really kind of took on a life of its own. Um, And so I just, I want to just say that I make it work by, Mm -hmm. by, Whatever means that, you know, some people sometimes are in a season of like survival. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily feel like I'm there, but you know how like everything works out the way that it's supposed to work out when you're yeah. trying to survive. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think that with trying to um, have one successful business that obviously pays our bills, another 
business that we are growing, literally bootstrapping again, Mm -hmm. um, and then having our kids and then wanting to be involved in different community activities, we really just figure out how to make it work. We have a really good village. Our parents are very involved with our children. And we have a really good team of babysitters. Mm -hmm. We don't always Mm -hmm. set off on to one person. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't want anybody overwhelmed with them. Oh, I love that concept. I remember reading Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In years and years ago before I ever had kids. I don't even think I was dating Scott at that point. And she talks in that book about having a bench of babysitters because you have to have, when you are an ambitious professional who is involved in the community and wants to be out and about and network and live life to whatever your version of the fullest is, you've got to have support. You've got to have that team in place. And so she talked about being strategic and finding babysitters who were, you know, maybe in their freshman, sophomore year, and then having several and then asking them to help find the new ones and that it just becomes this cycle of managing a team outside of your actual business and home. Yes, girl, we have babysitters who are in their 50s. Maybe <laughs> This woman may be in her 60s. We have 20-year-old babysitters. We mm-hmm. have 30, like whoever, you know, because also I'm aware that my kids are very active. <laughs> um, and so that could be overwhelming for anybody. Now, who gets the brunt of it all is probably my, <laughs> it's probably my mom. Uh-huh. <laughs> always like last minute, like, Hey mom, what you doing tonight? You know, right. right. Want to come over? I'll, you know, and, and I, and like I said, like, I'll still feed them, bathe them, <laughs> get them ready for bed. I just need you here, like in the house right. with them. Yeah. Um, read them bedtime stories, perhaps, yeah. you know, I love it. play with them, do whatever, but just keep an eye on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a 14 year old son too, who, um, he's also very hands-on with them whenever he's with us. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't leave him solo, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, it feels good to have him around, um, when he is, cause he's like, it's like having a third parent and also yeah. a friend now cause he's 14. Um, and he's not sassy. So he's really cool to just be around. Um, so that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. An extra set of hands for sure. Um, but you're right. It does take a village and whether that, that village is family or it's good friends or it's having trusted babysitters on hand. I think that it's, that's such a powerful thing that we need to recognize as women is that, Hey, we, we aren't meant to do this alone. We all used to live in huts and help each other raise our babies. And we don't really do that as much anymore. So we have to, <laughs> we have to like find ways to create that tribe in this modern day. Anna, let me tell you, before I had kids, I'd never desired to be a mom, a wife. That was not on my checklist growing up. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think I ever thought about motherhood in the sense that I do now. So much so that we have an award at one of our honorees at the Curate Conference is receiving the Motherhood Award because of how dedicated she is to both her career and her children. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I look at her life and I'm like, seriously, how do you manage that? But she travels with her kids. She has four kids. She travels with her kids like for trips, vacations, whatever. They don't miss a beat. 
Um, and so anyways, that's amazing how much I honor moms. I really do. I just, I just, I'm like, I totally took for granted how hard this was, or maybe I didn't. And that's why I was like, that probably is not for me. Right. Um, I was very irresponsible, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Hey, I'm a mom now. (laughs) Yeah. There's what, there's this quote when I was young and irresponsible. I was often young and irresponsible. Hey, it's okay. You, you live, you learn, you grow, you mature. And, you know, on the topic of curate, you know, first of all, this motherhood award, I can think of so many women who deserve a straight up motherhood trophy with, you know, trumpets and all kinds of stuff like that. But we were talking about how, when, in motherhood or just in womanhood in general, whether you're growing a family or you're growing your career, we need other people. And you have created and curate this platform that brings women together and amplifies those voices as well. Um, And the idea came to you in a dream. Dream. Okay. Which love that. Um, What did it feel like having that idea for curate you know what this thing you didn't maybe didn't even know what it was going to be called at that time but what did it feel like having that idea in those early stages and like what do I do with this how do I start like what how do we make this real what was that like so I'm a very vivid dreamer I probably have dreams every night if I get into a good sleep prior to that dream I was pregnant I went to San Antonio with my husband and two of our friends who um, we were doing a lot of business with. We went to this church in San Antonio. Before we got to this church, Ross was kind of saying these things to me like, you know, Victoria, I really think that you should lean into this gift that you have with women. I really think that you should kind of take ownership of what you want your brand to be and I didn't have a brand, Anna. So I was very annoyed at this conversation. I was like, I don't have a brand. I don't want a brand. Like, I'm really good at helping women because I used to like ghostwrite for people, but I would plan other people's conferences. And so, and he was like, why don't you do this for yourself? And I'm like, for what? And also, who who wants to know me? Which is, it's a sad thought really to say that out loud. But you're not alone. I I feel like there are so many of us who have, maybe we'll have this idea, whether it's a big idea or a small idea. And the first thing we do is we start shutting ourselves down. Yes. Yes. That is very, very true. Um, I am still, like, I still fight those thoughts in my head. Mm um, Brene Brown calls it gremlins. Like what are these <laughs> gremlins saying in your head that you consistently have to fight? Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyways, they, when we got to this church, it was five pastors that did not know me from Adam. And they prophesied this exact conversation that I had with Ross on the plane and in the car on the way there. And it was, it was, it was very, um, I want to say it was both frightening and reassuring. Oh, okay. Um, And so fast forward, we left San Antonio, came home. I was pregnant at the time. Then I had Cece. And I remember being up in the middle of the night with her and I was breastfeeding her. And I was just thinking like, I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, no offense to the stay-at-home moms. Oh my gosh, they work 
so hard. I couldn't That's do it. That's a real like hardcore job that, I mean, I think that we just, we, we definitely take it for granted. It's not just cooking and cleaning and taking care of the kids. It's like, it's a lot. And so, mm-hmm. and I was starting to feel like, you know, well, what did you go to school for? What did you, what yeah. are you, what are you pursuing in life? And, and so I got up, I put my baby down, I got in the mirror and I had a serious moment with myself and I was like, you need to figure it out. And God, please guide me, help me know who this woman is that you said that I was. And I know that you are not a liar and I believe you. And I went to sleep and I legit had a dream that I was surrounded by these powerful women and we were all kind of leaning into each other and we were learning from one another and people were being very vulnerable in that space that they don't usually, and from the women that were in my dream, this is not a way that we see them. Right. And I woke up, I remember looking at the time, it was like four o'clock in the morning and I had a notebook cause I keep a notebook and a pen on side of my bed and I wrote it down and I couldn't even go to sleep. So I kid you not, I was literally looking at her. I was like this, <laughs> <laughs> like get up get up. So he got up. I was like, Hey, I had a dream that I'm going to have this women's event. It wasn't even a conference. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was like, I'm going to have this women's event and we're going to bring all these different women together who are in marketing, who are, you know, just doing really good things in the industry. And we're going to like have an event where we kind of lean into each other out. I'm even going to have a keynote speaker and we're going to have brunch and we're, and it's going to be fun. And then Ross was like, all right, and you're going to do it. And I was like, I know, I know I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. But then as I started planning it, he was like, you really about to do this the way that you saw it in your dream? Like basically challenging me like that's, it's just not enough. Challenging you. It's not enough. It's not. He's like, you're literally going to be doing the same thing that everybody else is doing, Victoria. You're going to put together a brunch, a bunch of women. Y'all are going to do this like women empowerment, whatever happens. And then what? How is that impactful? And I, and like, he really challenged me to think about what this conference was going to be. And so I took on that challenge and Curate last year sold out three times. That conference sold out three times. Three times. So it went from literally a dream to something that, to an idea that, I mean, you would maybe say a small to medium sized idea that then became a conference that sold out three times. Three times. So what exactly what exactly is the conference? What what does curate mean to you? So funny, fourth floor birth curate. And so curate is one of fourth floor's taglines. Like we curate the cool mm-hmm. and you know whatever. And so when I was coming up with the name, I'm like, this could be curate for women. Mm-hmm. Because we get to create our own lives. We get to really establish who we want to be based on something that we've seen, based on somebody that we've seen, based on a dream that we had, yeah. based on, you know, just really having this instinctual um, knowing of who God has called us to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that really a lot of ways that we figure that out is we keep taking jabs at different things and mm-hmm. we creating different spaces for ourselves to be exactly who we want to be. Mm-hmm. And that's what curate means to me. Mm-hmm. Being exactly who we want to be 
where we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be there. Yes. Okay, y'all. So I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDKornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. When I hear curate, I think about intentionally bringing together a collection Ooh. and the the bringing together of yeah. people. I mean, you don't just wake up one morning and have a conference. No. This is this is a long-term project that Absolutely. requires planning, of planning, milestones, collaboration, financing, fundraising. yeah, fundraising, uh, marketing. This is no small thing. And again, I think there are a lot of people out there who would have an amazing idea. And if the voices in their head don't shut them down, the intimidation of the planning and building process would would be the quitting point. So how, how exactly did you take this from idea to reality? How did you know what to do? How did you know who to reach out to? How'd you pay for this? Like seriously, <laughs> how, how did, how'd you do this? Because it seems like, it seems a, like a huge undertaking for one person. So I'm a very spiritual person and, you know, God says that if you ask for anything in my will, under my will, that it will be yours. And I do believe that we have, the, we really do have the power to do whatever we want to do um, by the power that is given to us by God. Um, and so I don't know, you know, who's, who will listen to this and if you believe in God or if you don't believe in God, but I, but 
that thought alone is what has pushed me. And I've seen so many people do it. And I'm like, oh, if they could do it, I could do it. I used to be an athlete. I would push myself beyond what I ever thought that I could do or be. Um, and there's nothing more proud than, you know, than that feeling of thinking that you couldn't do something and then fully executing and, and seeing it through. So how did I pay for it? Initially, fourth floor. And then um, because Ross had all these ideas, he's like, hey, we can have a pitch contest. And, you know, it could be a very small level pitch contest where these women, since it's a marketing conference, can pitch their ideas and win an Apple iMac. And so we gave away an iMac. And and then he was like, and then we can give away Apple AirPods. And so we did that. And then we can give away a commercial. And we did that. And, you know, I was like, I've worked in the the nonprofit sector before. I'm like, I'm going to put together a sponsorship deck to pay the company back. So I put together a sponsorship deck and I raised $20,000 in three weeks. And and that and it was a very small conference. It was a hundred women there, but it was a very small conference. But we we raised that money. And then some some of it that I haven't like fully put into that number is the amount of like in kind donations that we right. received. Right. Um. And it was hard, but it was so worth it. It was it was it was very worth it. Again, I'm completely blown away because. We went from dream to idea to making the idea bigger, to creating a plan, to using that nonprofit background that you have. I've worked in nonprofits. I've worked with nonprofits before. You have to, I don't even know what the saying, you have to do more with less. You got to like squeeze something out of a turnip, squeeze blood from a turnip or some like (laughs) random country saying like that. You have to be scrappy when you work yes. in a nonprofit most of the yes. time because budgets are limited. So you were able to bring that nonprofit, that scrappy, you know, bootstrapping background yes. to this. And you went out and made it happen by yes. creating a sponsorship deck and getting sponsors, by <laughs> getting, by building support for this, yeah. by getting people excited about it. Yeah. And you made it happen. Leaning into my resources, really, like, I'm like, oh, we have a few people around us who are very, in some very powerful spaces and also in these roles to make decisions. And I reached out to them and I'm like, hey, could your company sponsor this? Here's what you'll receive. Here's the sponsorship deck. And here's the mission. And I think most people fell in love with the mission of Curate, which is to, it's, it, Curate is a space where, you know, first you start off in this fireside chat, right? Where you learn about this woman and how she's built her business, but most importantly, like who she is and what she's passionate about and how did you connect your passion, your purpose with your passion. Mm. And then the second part is a very interactive piece. It's a workshop where women get to work together and tangibly put their hands on something that makes sense for their business. Um, they're actually doing the work with perfect strangers because also a part of that programming, I was very intentional about, I know these women are going to come with their besties. They're going to come with their coworkers and we're totally going to swap this up and they're going to have to meet somebody that they don't know. And that'll be their partner for the remainder of this conference. 
it worked perfect. You mm-hmm. had nurses working with people in finance. You had doctors working with boutique owners. It was a very eclectic like, group of women, um, but sharing their pain points and their resources and like opening up and being vulnerable about vulnerable about like, hey, I know that from Instagram, my business looks to be extremely successful and it is. Here are the pain points though. Here's what's keeping me up at night. And I think opening that space for other women to know like, okay, I'm not, you know, I'm not going off a rail here. Like, you know, even though it's hard and even though it looks like this could fold at any moment, I'm going to keep going because this woman who is really successful, she's also going through these same things. Um, And that along with like, let's wrap this up with a very inspirational speech of if you see it, you can be it. If you dream it, it's already yours. If God gave it to you in the dream, you have to believe you just have to have faith that you have everything within you to do exactly what he's called you to do and be very intentional about it. Mm -hmm. Like you can't say, you know, I want to pour into women and you don't actually pour into women. Yeah, you know? you've got to talk the talk and walk the walk. You've got to you've got to do what you say that you're going to do. Yes. If you celebrate women publicly, you need to celebrate them privately. If you, you know, if you say that you're a believer, you have to con- you have to keep that same energy when everything is looking tough, like when everything is looking like this is not going to happen. Um, and this is literally what I say to myself. I'm like, I don't, I don't necessarily frame my work around this being a women empowerment situation because I don't fully believe that people can empower you. I think that you have to empower yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you have to have that fuel within you to keep yes. going. I mean, you can you can lean on others. You can hear their stories. You can internalize that, oh, I'm not alone. You can be yes. inspired by other people's struggles and how they've overcome adversity. But when it comes down to it, it really is up to you. Nobody can make you believe anything about you that you don't already see in yourself, mm-hmm. right? So I think so often we easily doubt ourselves or we let what other people say about us fully penetrate because we secretly believe those things Mm -hmm. about ourselves. And so, and it hurts so much because they are actually poking at an insecurity of yours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like if you're married and your husband says something, if your husband's like, if any man is ever bold enough to say this, right? But let's say you just had a kid and he points out the fact that you've gained some weight. It's like, that's really going to hurt your feelings because, hey, sir, I'm already feeling like yeah, that. Yeah, thank Don't you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> but those gremlins that live in your own head about daily things that we struggle with in the first place. And mm-hmm. so- that's just that. I don't have a mama that has put on a conference before, so I never thought that I could do it. Yeah. Um, and so, and it's bigger than a conference. It really is. I think that the the conference is probably like the biggest event that Curate does. But the biggest part is humanizing women and truly creating a space where we can be vulnerable and we can truly learn um, from other women in different industries and grow mm-hmm. together. It's like the line in Hamilton. This is not a moment. It's a movement. Movement. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. I wish I had come up with that myself. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sure Lynn Manuel Miranda would be okay with you borrowing it occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's not a moment. It's a movement. Exactly. So tell me this. Let's say that someone's listening right now and they have an idea and they feel passionate about this idea, but they're afraid. Maybe they feel held back. Maybe they're worried of what someone might think. Maybe they're afraid that they can't do it. What would you tell that person? Oh, get the gremlins out of your head. Like you have to do that hard soul searching work. But first, ask yourself, like, is this fear that you have real? Have you tried to do something over and over and over and over again and it just failed? Or are you just afraid to start because it's too daunting? Mm -hmm. Get in the mirror and remind yourself of the power that you have, the power that is within you. I'm reading this book that talks about the three laws of power. One is that you're born with it, right? You either have it or you don't. The second law is that it's justifiable, which means that people who have it, they justify why they have it. Oh, I work hard. Or I do this. But no, you were probably born with that power. And then there's the other side where people are like, well, I don't have power because I come from poverty. I don't have this because my mom didn't have it and blah, blah, blah. The third law is the most powerful because it says that this law is, you basically can change it. I can't mm -hmm. think of the word that it says. But you basically have the power to change that trajectory by law two, by you fully not justifying why you don't have the power. And you and you tell yourself that you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wait, what book is this? This is called You Are Stronger Than You Are More Powerful Than You Think. OK, I'm going to make sure that we link that um, link that in the show notes so that we can check that out by Eric Liu. Yep. By Eric All right. Lee. Awesome. I'm going to be sure to link that in the show notes. It is such a good book and it's such a good reminder of like what's already on the inside of us. And so I think that fear really keeps us comfortable in mm -hmm. being mediocre. Yeah. And I think that we have to just go out there and do it. Yeah. And keep trying. You're more powerful than you think. And you just have to keep trying. You just have to keep going. You have to keep going, especially when it gets hard. If it was easy, if your dream was easy, every single person would be doing it and it wouldn't be unique. Yeah, that's the truth. Yep. Victoria. Yes, ma'am. Girl, first of all, if we are in the, this curate is happening in Baton Rouge, how can we get involved with curate the movement? Or attend, curate the the moment, the event. Yes. Tell us, give us those details. All right. So Curate is having a conference on October 8th at Loberge Casino in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It is an all-day conference from 8 to 4 p.m. Um, with some amazing speakers. You can find me on Instagram at Curate for Women. Mm -hmm. um, you can find my network on YouTube at Curate for Women Network. And we'll be linking all of these in the show notes. So you can just head straight there, click the links and find everything that you need. Yes. And so if you want to get involved, go straight to my Instagram or my LinkedIn, which is Curate for Women as well, and click the link. 
purchase the tickets. Come, come and be with us. You will not regret being a part of this conference. Mm -hmm. This year, we're focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion for women. We know how important diversity, equity, and inclusion is for women because when we think about affirmative action, women are always the first people on the chopping block, you know, but we're always the ones leading this conversation. Mm -hmm. And so let's be a part of the conversation. Let's be a part of the movement. Let's have mm -hmm. a few aha moments together mm -hmm. and, and really just come and be a part of the experience and the fun. We have, we have a lot of super cool things in mm -hmm. store. Well, um, I can't wait. I'm going to be there cheering you on, seeing this idea that you have made a reality now for the second year and just being so blown away by your commitment to taking action, to bringing people together, to amplifying voices, and to being that example to others with an idea of proof of what's possible, proof that when you, when you feel passionate and you feel called, there's a way. You yes. just have to remember that you're more powerful than you think and that you just keep trying. Yes. You keep going. You don't let anybody stop you. You don't let you stop you. Mm -hmm. That's probably my biggest gremlin. Yeah. <laughs> well, Victoria, thank you so much for your time today, for telling your story, for inspiring all of us to take action on our big ideas and our big dreams. You know, I, I hate to think of the amazing impact and the world changing ideas that never became reality because of fear. So thank you for showing us what it looks like to step outside of that and to take action in order to make big things happen that change the world. So yes. thank you again for joining me today. Always a treat to chat with you, Victoria, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Bye. Of course. And there you have it. You are stronger than you think. You are more capable than you think. And you are more powerful than you think. If you've got a big dream of your own, I hope that Victoria's story has you feeling encouraged and excited to start taking next steps. And if you're struggling to take your big dream and make it more manageable, I would love to support you inside the It's About Time Academy. Through our private members-only podcast, monthly coaching sessions with me and our supportive community, you'll have exactly what you need to start taking action on your big dreams. You can find a link to join us in the It's About Time Academy over in the show notes for this episode, along with links to stay in touch with Victoria and join us at the upcoming Curate Conference in Baton Rouge. This episode's show notes can be found at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 190. And before you go, let me tell you about next week's episode. Next week's episode, episode 191, is all about getting into a groove with good routines. If your routines have been feeling a little off lately, it might be time to switch things up. That's why in episode 191, I'll be sharing reasons why it might be time to give your routines a refresh, dust them off, change things around, and make sure they're still serving you. I cannot wait to dive in. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. 
Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.